This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hello? Hey, Reese, what's going on? You want me to delay the podcast? There's go to the community page. There's a big announcement. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know why you want me to put it on the podcast. They haven't they haven't announced anything. They already announced the Primark of the Ultramarines. I mean, what could they possibly announce that's bigger than Mother of God? and welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast which focuses on playing Warhammer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Petey Pob, Pablo, and today I've got an action-packed episode for you. Now, I was originally going to post this episode at its normal time, Saturday, early, early in the morning, so you guys could listen to it right after you watched your morning cartoons, but I decided to wait for GW's big announcement on the Warhammer community page. They hinted at it a couple days ago, and I thought, well... You know, what if it's something huge? I might as well uh, wait and see if it's anything big that I might want to talk about. And lo and behold, if you haven't gone to the Warhammer 40k community page yet, or the brand new Warhammer 40k website that they just unveiled, do that right now. Uh, I'll be waiting. Welcome back. Uh, so, go ahead and collect your jaws, because GW just announced that there is going to be a new edition for 40k. Uh, we don't have any other information except for what they said in their FAQ. Uh, for those of you who haven't read it yet or haven't had a chance to, they answered a ton of questions. A lot, Some of them were cheeky and funny. Some of them were serious. But in short, they told us that there was nothing to worry about, that the game we know and love was going to be improved and better. Your Forge World models are safe. Your actual models are safe. All of the factions are safe. Nothing's getting squatted. And on top of that, GW is going to continue with their ways of FAQs and listening to the community. So it is a huge announcement, and I'm very excited. Uh, all of us here at Frontline Gaming, we're all very excited to receive more information in the future about this, where you know we will hopefully release new content for you guys. Uh, we are the place to go for all, all things 40K tactics related. Um, so obviously this announcement is big for us and for the entire 40k community so stay tuned on flg for more information about the this brand new change uh and that's it so moving on to tournament news not much today in the way of tournament news uh there is one 
tournament that a buddy of mine asked me to announce. That would be the Tony's RTT. If you're in the Cincinnati, Ohio area, head on over to Tony's Card Shop next week on the 29th. There's a little bit of a RTT 40K fun times over there. My buddy Zach Bowles, the beard, Bowles beard, he's, re he's going to be running it. So if you're in the Cincinnati, Ohio area, check out Tony's Card Shop next week. Also, next week we've got a huge tournament, the Broadside Bash. The Broadside Bash, located at Kingdom Con in beautiful Sunday, sunny San Diego, is probably the largest 40K event in San Diego, or historically has been the largest 40K event in San Diego. Um, so every year the guys attend, though this year Reese, Frankie, myself, Brandon, pretty much the entire studio, the exception of Larry, we are all going to be playing Age of Sigmar. Uh, that's not to say that I don't like 40k. Uh, I actually do love 40k, uh, but I have a fully painted Age of Sigmar army, and I, I haven't really. I just I haven't found a good list uh, with Gilliman, the Primarch of the Ultramarines, to be honest. Um, so I, I've just I've been trying to work on a list for him. You know, I've been scrambling. I played a couple practice games. I haven't really, haven't really liked him, um, and I really want to run him. So instead of you know, running a list that I might not have fun with, like my Battle Company and 30 Warp Spiders, which I've been running for a year, um, over a year now, after Broadside Bash comes out, uh, I wanted to try something a little different. So I went ahead and decided to play Age of Sigmar and not, it saved myself the hassle of creating a, a Gilliman list that I was going to be unhappy with, or uh, like a beat stick, you know, super ultra Death Star list, which I think I was probably going to run. If I wanted to actually compete and win, uh, I would probably run like a really big Celestine packed Wolfstar and then, you know, maybe some quad mortars and some Space Marine goodies. Uh, but anyways, that's beside this point. There will be a lot of phenomenal players there playing 40k and you can be sure that I will talk to some of the, hopefully talk to the winner if they are available. Uh, I'll talk to some of the people who attended and we can talk 40k because 40k is back on. Uh, usually after the LVO, there's a little bit of a lull. There's Adepticon, um, which is big, and people love Adepticon. But generally, with the exception of Adepticon and the Las Vegas Open, there there's not a whole lot of tournament stuff going on in March and April. It's a little bit of an off-season. Um, so right now, there's not a ton of tournaments going on right now. But as the summer comes on, uh, May, June, July, tournaments will start ramping up, especially with that big announcement from GW today that I talked about earlier. That should that should it should be very interesting to see how TOs react to it. Um, obviously, we don't know anything right now. So if you are TO and you have an event in May or j even June, you're probably safe. You probably know what format you're going to be running your event in. But if you have a, an event in July, August, September, October, you might want to pay very close attention to the Warmer 40k community page and the 40k community in general. So that's something to look forward to. On to the main topic. I have with me Salty John and Adam from TFG Radio. TFG Radio is a very, very funny website. Uh, they talk, you know, pop culture, 40K tactics, 40K narratives. They talk tournament theory. Uh, you know, it, Salty John and Adam, they're two very intelligent guys. They've been around the 40K community for a very long time. They're also both head judges at the LVO. Uh, so they know what's up. They know what's up when it comes to 40k tournaments. They know what's up when it comes to rules. So it's 
super super exciting to get them on because John recently wrote an article entitled uh, "Seeing the Matrix of 40K," uh, which basically implies that to become 40K Neo, you need to be able to see the binary code of the game, right? So see beyond the illusion of you know the the, the human world and to get into the binary code of the system, the matrix. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that, how to become the Neo of 40K should be very exciting. We will jump right to that interview with both of them right after this commercial break brought to you from the guys over at Life After the Cover Save. Blake and Ed, they are very, very funny guys. If you saw them at the LVO, loved their stuff. If you love this commercial, which is pretty hilarious, check them out. Life After the Cover Save. It's a fun 40K, not just 40K, but it's a fun podcast to listen to. Yo, get off the computer. I need to check eBay. I got an auction ending soon. Wait, what are you doing on the computer? I'm just buying some minis online. Are you saving money? Nah, dude, saving clicks. Time is money, right? Hey, what the heck was that for? Dude, you gotta buy from Frontline Gaming. They offer savings on minis every single day. And up to 25% off Games Workshop stuff. Whoa, that's better than saving clicks. With all that savings, I can take a few days off of work so I can paint these minis. Ow! You gotta stop that. It hurts. You know what hurts? Spending three weeks base coning models. Save yourself some pain and get them painted by Frontline Gaming's painting studio. You know what? You've got all the answers. That's why I'm glad you're my best friend. I don't know what I'd do without you. I could never hurt you. What are you looking up on eBay? I'm uh, selling a bunch of old models. Don't really use them anymore. Why aren't you going through Frontline Gaming's secondhand store? You can get money or store credit. I think you broke my nose. I don't like your tone, mister. So I'm just going to say this. Head over to FrontlineGaming.org for more details. All right, everyone, and we're back. With me, I have John and Adam from TFG Radio. Say hi to everyone, guys. Hello. It's Adam. Hello. It's John. Uh, so, as I was mentioned, talking about earlier, John wrote a really interesting article about seeing the matrix of 40K. And I know I'm probably already explaining it poorly. Um, <laughs> but basically, <laughs> John alludes to a player's ability to see beyond the game. Uh, and to see the kind of the quote-unquote code of 40k. Uh, actually, John, I, before I butcher it more, why don't you explain your article to them so we know what we're talking about here? Yeah, no problem. So basically what we're talking about is there are certain players who can see the game differently than others. And and I make the point in the article that this is something that really comes from, uh, you, can, you have it with Magic the Gathering, uh, but you see it a lot in the other pro circuits, like with pro video game players. And uh, you'll oftentimes watch on a Twitch stream, like a StarCraft event or an Overwatch event or uh, League of Legends. And a player will make a move or do something, maybe switch a character. And people on the Twitch stream will freak out, like, why is that person doing that? That's a stupid move, whatever. And it ends up working out. And it ends up working out because those players at that level understand those games almost uh, at an instinctual level because they can see what the normal person, the lay person who's the non-pro can't see and in 40k you have that same type of thing there are certain players who can uh read a codex or see potential rules that are coming out and they immediately pick up on how that's meta shifting or how to take advantage of it 
Uh, a great example is uh, something that happened at our last tournament locally in Pasadena, um, where we had two players who actually picked up Celestine and used them in their lists. Uh, and uh, I think Adam could probably go into more detail on this in a little bit, but they picked up Celestine because they wanted to use other units, but they also wanted to mitigate Psychers because it's such a Psyker-heavy meta. And uh, it's not just Celestine, but you know, people have been talking about sisters, three sisters units and rhinos, et cetera. So people pick up on, on those different things and seeing the matrix is just kind of my way of saying it because the matrix is a movie that we're all kind of relatively aware of. Uh, and basically, you know, Neo before he comes techno Jesus basically <laughs> gets to see the matrix. And in the movie, he sees it and can manipulate it in ways that the rest of the people can't, uh, including the designers. So that's kind of what I mean when I see that a 40k player who's really good can see the matrix of the game. Uh, it, it helps them not only in-game, but it helps them in their list designs as well. Okay. So, Adam, mm -hmm. how do you get to this point? Uh, if for, for those of you who are maybe wondering, you know, uh, how do I up my game? How do I get to this next level? How do I see the code? Uh you hang around a lot of tournaments and you judge a lot of events, yeah. Adam, and I'm sure you've met plenty of uh, pseudo-neos or <laughs> potential neos, uh, 40k <laughs> players. Um, so what do you think is kind of the some of the similarities between all of those players? Um, usually it's, from what I find, it's almost an innate ability to um, a, a quick understanding of the game mechanics and how they interact. I don't know. I don't know if it's more intuitive or something you can learn. You can probably train yourself to do it, but I think a lot of the top tier players, it's more of on an in intuitive level. Uh, an example would be um, for my, myself. I I can somewhat see the matrix in in the same way that let's say Morpheus can, but I don't have the Neo level, so I can see most of it, but not all of it, and I can't manipulate it as well as some other players can. Um, like like I said, like John alluded to in our tournament, it was uh, Brandon Grant was there. Uh, he ended up winning the tournament, and he had changed his list. Uh, I think within like the almost the week that uh, the Sisters of Silence came out, because he had already seen how to how to um, how to correct that by by getting rid of the psychers that he normally use by using Celestine instead. That gives him some of the benefits or added benefits. Um, that he was that he doesn't need anymore because it would have been negated by Sisters of Silence anyway. Um, I think a lot of it is you can kind of train yourself to to see the matrix. I think especially within your your own codex, and that just comes from from playing the game a lot and play, trying out units and seeing how they work and interact. Um, but I think there's a certain point where where it becomes more of your innate ability to. to to intent to um, using your intuition to kind of grasp certain aspects of the game and how they interact once a unit or a rule or or a GW FAQ uh, affects your army. Yeah, there's definitely okay. like a threshold of entry into yeah. like the club of Kung Fu Jesus, like the Neo head <laughs> thing. You know, that threshold is definitely there, um, and it's not surprising to me that some great 40k players are also people like jeff robinson who are great video game players. yeah um yeah. you know it's something that they have and, and and it's also not surprising to me that some of the guys who are really good at 40k at the lvo also do well at the poker tables you know yes. it's, it's the idea that they can see these games in a different way 
than the average player can. And they they understand on, on a very basic level, but that basic understanding is way deeper than everybody else. If you think about like uh, layers to it, like a regular person goes, I don't know, an inch deep into the ground. Yeah. But a person's basic understanding, who's one of these people who sees the matrix, they're going down like 30, 40 feet into the game itself and the mechanics and the understanding of it. I would think that some of these guys, the best in the world who, you know, get to the top at LVO every year, year after year after year, you see the same names, right? With a couple here, here and there added in. They're seeing the game on a level that probably even some of the designers don't get. Absolutely. And also, I think if if you happen to have access to someone that has that type of insight, I think even though you might not be able to uh, reach that level through playing with and against them, um, especially if you're able to see them like basically every week at the at the game table or club or your or your local store, I think that helps you and your game eventually to get up to that level. But it's usually just a little longer and maybe a little harder road to get there. Yeah, it also helps to be a part of a team or a club or, or something where you've got a chat going on. You know, you might be basically poking fun at each other half the time. But the other half the time in this chat, you, you're having actual good conversations about the game itself and how it's being uh, evolving, how it's changing. And through those conversations, you can bounce ideas off and kind of get a, a better understanding. And especially if you have one or two of these guys in the mix in those types of chats, it's, it's a great resource. Okay, so... As I understand it, there's another way to kind of get into this mindset because because that's really what it is. It's it's less of knowledge, less knowledge, and more of a, a competitive mindset. And I, I know this opinion or or these thoughts might be um, unfavored or uh, people might not like wh what I'm about to say. Uh, but when you want to play at that next level, when you want to be uh, techno Jesus. When you want to uh, be one of those guys like a faker in League of Legends, if you guys watch League of Legends at all, you know who Faker is. Yeah. Um, you, you really have to, you really have to uh, detach yourself emotionally from the game and look at it as just a binary code, just pure numbers, pure auto. Like if, if you take League of Legends for example, a video game, um, it's it's really easy to get caught into the aesthetic of a video mm -hmm. game. You know, there's the graphics, the cool characters, the interesting plots. Um, the cool abilities, some of the gameplay, the clicking, the just enjoying the experience. Um, but in reality, it's it's just you know a, a pixel. This pixel is a certain amount of pixels away from this other pixel. And then when you click this pixel to this pixel, there's a series of calculations that, if you optimize and manipulate yourself, you will get this result that you want, this desired result. And it's just that over and over and over again. It's the same thing with 40k. Uh, if you want to, if you analyze the meta and if you basically, if you break down every single unit down into uh, a spreadsheet, just take away all the pictures, all the fluff, everything. You break the unit, the units and models down into spreadsheets, points, costs, what they do, how much, how much models they can remove from the board, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of what these players do. That's kind of the mindset they have. They don't focus about, you know, like uh, in my, in my case, they don't focus about trying to make it kill them and better even though he's absolute <laughs> garbage in this meta, right? I, no, I would say keep, that that's... Uh, you keep point. plugging that line there. You, you'll, you'll get it. <laughs> right. I, I, I would swear say to God he'll be good at some point. One day, hopefully. <laughs> ah. um, but that is one of my flaws right now, especially because I'm... Uh, Michael Snyder and Brandon Grant, I'm on their team, Relentless D, so we're always bouncing list mm -hmm. ideas back and forth. Mm -hmm. and they're all, they're all evolving and moving on 
into the seventh edition meta and, yeah. and kind of growing with it. Whereas I've been having a little bit harder of a time with this list with building a list because uh, on one hand I, I, I get where they're coming from, but I really want to use Gilliman. <laughs> and if he hadn't come out right now, I would probably have a really rock solid 40 K list and I would know exactly where I was right. and I would start practicing it. But he's the primark of right. my space yeah. Marines. Uh, so, so but you've got a little bit one, of a fluff bunny inside you someplace. Uh, I am <laughs> only for all. But I'm a, I'm a bit of a fluff bunny. And you, you can't. Like, the very first time I ever played Jeff Robinson, uh, we played Ultramarines versus Tyranids. This, uh, we played to a tie. But this was a, supposed to be a narrative, more casual setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, Jeff, I've been waiting all along. You know, my Ultramarines crashed onto this planet. And I have, like, Chaplain Cassius <laughs> and Tyranid Hunters. Like, I've been... I've been waiting to fight you this whole time, Jeff. And he looked at me and he just shrugged. He was like, eh, I'm not really into the fluff. Yeah, he's like, yeah, tell me how many clicks per minute you can get. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, but that's exactly what, and I realized then, you know, I was already kind of a competitive player back then too, but I was so into the narrative at that event that that was kind of where I was focused to. And so when I met Jeff, I realized like, oh shit, this is, you know, I thought I was hot shit. I thought I was techno Jesus, but <laughs> here's a guy who who's a the consummate professional player who who's truly into that mindset. And I'm not saying he's a stiff. He, you know, Jeff Jeff reads the Horus Heresy books. You know, he right. he's very involved in the 40k fluff. But when it comes to the game, um, it's the game. No, he's not. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's just different. Go ahead. No, I actually I actually agree. Um, I I play Black Legion and I play Chaos and even when I play Space Marines, which is a more competitive list, I still don't play a competitive Space Marines list. I've I've early on in. Why don't you tell us more about how you did the last tournament (laughs) with your your non-competitive Space Marines list? (laughs) Yeah, I actually (laughs) ran. I dropped from after two games because I did so bad. (laughs) I actually ran a uh, a Tyrant of Badab list. So if that tells you anything (laughs) about how competitive I am. Um, but what, what, um, what I've come to in terms of competitive, I think you do have to, to have, to not worry about the fluff aspect of it. And I know people are tired of seeing Riptide Wing with Eldar or with, you know, whatever flavor they're taking with that, but, but that's what, that's what wins, you know, and that's, that's, uh, that's a proven fact. Um, but I myself, like you, I want to play my Black Legion. I want to play my Chaos. I don't want to play the Norm, and I'm okay with that. I've 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 long ago come to the realization and have established that I'm not gonna. I don't have the uh, the discipline to uh, to win an ITC. Uh, <laughs> I hear you, brother. Uh, yeah, you up. you come from the previous age when you were really into tournaments in like third and fourth, where it was yeah. definitely an easier way to win. But you were also way more cutthroat back then. Not well, that was that was the three point five chaos codex. It was easier to be well, cutthroat. Anybody who played that codex was cutthroat, yeah. <laughs> and even and even even then, even then, I mean, you had different ways of being cutthroat with that codex. Yeah, not, not everybody was first turn demon bombing, or and not yeah. everybody was doing iron hands or whatever. Where yeah, where the current <laughs> chaos, hands warriors. Where the current chaos codex, you almost have to go cabal a cabal star in order to be you know ultra competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Even with the Trader Legions book. Yeah. So you brought up an interesting point, Adam, and I'd like to expand on it a little. Uh, there are tiers for how uh, "quote unquote" competitive you can be. Um, I, I think Adam and I fall into the same tier yeah. in that uh, we both we both are aware of a higher competitive meta, 
um, but we kind of want to play our, our, you know, play our own things yeah. or play the things that we want to. Um, and that's perfectly okay. Uh, there's actually, I think there's three or four tiers. Uh, tier one is is where Brandon Grant is and like Brett Perkins. Yeah. You know, people who who can just detach themselves completely from the fluff. They they're not necessarily uh, 40k haters. You know, Brett Perkins is one of the guy, one of the people I know knows the fluff better than anyone I know, and that's Brett. And he won the LBO. Um, so that's tier one. And then there's kind of this tier two where we you know people are aware of that but they kind of want to still do their own things so they'll want they'll maybe run like dark eldar or like the most competitive dark eldar mm-hmm. and then there's tier three where people who they want to run dark eldar but they want to run like mandrakes you know <laughs> and and they they Man, purely what? believe what is that Man- mandrake <laughs> um, they, they purely believe is that a fine cast they're, still I, I, uh, I think they're so good at hiding they're so good at hiding model. you never see them on the table <laughs> um but they want they they I think I would say they're more narrative or more uh, 40k bluff purists and that they think they believe that they should be able to use any model and have it be as competitive as any other model, yeah. um, which I think is unhealthy for a game. Uh, if you, if you read M- Mark Rosewater, he's uh, the lead designer for magic gathering. He's a, a God, a game designing God, um, but he has a wonderful article on why it's important to have things that are good and have things that are bad. Mm-hmm in your game so so for every if you play magic um for every uh snapcaster mage or dark confidant or charmagoyf you need uh the wandering ones or um stormcrow stormcrow is probably the iconic bad magic card um but basically that means is the first cards i mentioned are really powerful they're hundred dollar cards extremely rare very powerful and then the other cards i mentioned are just so awful they're they're just the worst they're they're just strictly worse than those other cards and you never want to take them, but they exist. They're in the game, and they have their own purpose, just like Mandrakes have their own purpose. It's the same Mandrix. thing with any of the like the video games that are the competitive ones. Overwatch has characters that are just freaking worthless at times. Like if you're playing a Widowmaker in the current meta, people are like, "God, can you please switch?" Or like a Hanzo <laughs> most of the time, right? Or if you're playing StarCraft too, there's like legitimate units that people just don't touch with like a fifty foot pole. Like you'll yep. never see them queue it up to build. Um, and, and that's just the way a game is. And if the game is not, des- if the game is designed to be 100% balanced, it's a bad game. You know, if or it's, it's 100% balanced, yeah, it's chess. It, and it's it's, and at that point, it, chess only works because it's 100% balanced, but also the rules for movement and everything, it's all so strict. You know, in a game that's freeform, like a computer game or a game that's like Magic the Gathering or a game like 40K, you can't possibly have 100% balance within the, the the different factions because doing that one is practically impossible but two then you have this game that's just stagnant and boring you know yeah yeah so and i'm not telling you guys uh that the tier three players uh that their way of playing 40k is wrong yeah it is that, it that's is not one thing <laughs> i have i have uh, a different i have a different uh, <laughs> uh hierarchy it's, it's when not it comes it's, to tournament players. it's wrong if you if you want to be successful at tournaments right um which which i think some people and and being successful tournaments doesn't mean you have to win tournaments necessarily but i think tournaments are a fun uh, event for anyone to attend i think i firmly feel that everyone in 40k should attend a large tournament at least one point in their life uh and the reason why you want to be competitive at tournaments is just to have more fun if you're getting face rolled and going zero and six at every event you're not going to have fun you're just you're just absolutely not 
Yeah, the guy who goes 0-6 doesn't come back the next year. or No, he doesn't. They're just not going to. Unless they went into it knowing they were going 0-6, and then those people are a special case. I think they're what you're going to say is your tier one. They are are rare. Or or halfway through their 0-3 and and decided to go for the chainsword. (laughs) Right. They want that that wooden They want that wooden wooden spoon, Davey. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But... But yeah, so it's it's important to understand how much enjoyment you want out of your game, uh, and then what your realistic expectations are, and then you just got to find a balance there. Uh, and if you're wondering how to, if you're wondering about what your player identity is for enjoying the game, you can actually listen to my last podcast where I talked about player psychographic profiles. Um, basically, if you're a Timmy, Johnny, or Spike, listen to it. It's a great podcast. Uh, I had Josh Keel from Masterpiece Miniatures on. Oh, that's besides the point. So moving on to the matrix and seeing the code, uh, you ask a, a pretty great question on the article. So basically, what if you think you're hot shit and you think that you're, you are techno, techno Jesus, Neo, um, you know, you're an armchair quarterback. Uh, I, I believe I call keyboard 40K warriors, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, they, they come to mind. People who, who uh, go on the internet and they know what they're talking about you know and maybe maybe they do maybe there's a bunch of brandon grants hidden in the daca daca forums that just don't play tournaments <laughs> there's it's, nothing you know. good hidden in the deck and deck come on don't even no, just, no. just you have to just, go back just, about five or six years i think yeah and it's sad <laughs> but, because the daca forums are where i met reese and yeah, like i, yeah, I met was, reese and like a bunch of these guys the i think adam my first in, 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 uh, time i met adam was not even face to face it was online on the daca forums yeah and it was like but that was way back when those forums are just oh dude not even not even worth it oh but anyways how do you check your matrix level john uh well it comes down to a, a couple of things um if you find yourself thinking about how the game functions as a system rather than like a rule set and what I mean by that is, like, do you think of it as a group of, of, of interlocking pieces? It's not a, like a rule set in terms of you can and cannot do X, Y, and Z. It, you think of it as a system. Inside the like system, a- what can I do to get what I want out of this unit or this list or this detachment or this formation? So if you find yourself thinking of it more as a system and not a, a rule set um, or just in terms of the rules, you might be seeing it. Um, If you can understand how units interact the first time you see them, not the first time you use them, the first time you run into them, the first time you see them on paper. If you're understanding how they're going to interact with other things, um, then you probably do. Like we're talking about Brandon Grant shoving Celestine in his list instead of his psychers and all that kind of stuff. If you're one of those people, then you get it. Um, If you build with the meta in mind in terms of like lists, and you're also correctly predicting how the meta is going to shift with new missions, new units, new formats, new formations, whatever the case may be, then you're getting it. Like if you're switching over from an ITC format to going to a Nova event or one that runs the Renegade Open packet, and you can innately just shift your list and figure it out and maybe some minor tweaks here and there, you're probably one of these people that's seeing on an innate level or or an an intuitive level how the game is working. Um, And if you have meaningful discourse with other players, like if you are literally sitting down and you're talking with other people and these people are getting what you're saying and you're getting what they're saying, but you're having a meaningful discourse about shifts in the meta or you're having meaningful discourse about, you know what, I really think that this unit that's kind of overlooked by other people might do this thing or a formation like, 
hey man, the Terminator Annihilation Force isn't that bad. I mean, it is because it's Terminators, but you get my point. Like, <laughs> it's great. You know, yeah, yeah, I know. Everybody would love to run Terminators, including me, but you just can't do it. So if you're you're sitting down and you're talking about those things, you're talking through those things, and you're looking at how everything is interacting, not necessarily on a rules level, but on a system level, um, then you're probably doing that. That's a good checklist um, for whether or not you're understanding the game on a deeper level. Um, it's a lot of the interactions and the quality of your conversations that you have. By the way, guys, if you're wondering, this podcast does count as meaningful discourse. I know some <laughs> of you guys talk to me while while I talk to you guys in your car or, you know, I, I'm that disembodied voice in your car. You are discoursing with me right now. Um, you know, if you're shaking your head or nodding your head. Uh, you or screaming. They could be screaming at the or video. screaming. Some people, <laughs> some people scream. I'm sure. I'm sure people scream at me at least once an episode. <laughs> I, I hope not, but I'm sure. I'm sure it's true. I hope people scream uh, at me more than once or twice an episode when I'm on a podcast. <laughs> You're not your yelling job, at me, then I'm not clearly, Yeah, I mean, I should be the Alex Jones of 40k, right? <laughs> oh wait, um, then I'd be screaming, and I don't want to be screaming. There we go. Right. So, <laughs> so Adam. Yeah. Based on those four questions, where do you fa- where do you stand on the checking your matrix? Level? Oh, I I've always done. I'm I'm in no way innately. I can see most of it, but not all of it. Like I said, I'm more via Morpheus or uh, uh, your <laughs> <or when laughs> on on that level where I can see it. I can manipulate it a little bit, but um, I don't see as deep as others might. Uh, no. Yeah, and I think you know no. a lot of it is. Sorry. I mean, with Adam, he's he's not at that point anymore where that's what he wants to do. He wants to devote the time. And yeah. then somebody like me with two little kids, and I'm busy all the time, and I, you know, I I don't have the time to devote to it. It's the same thing with like these these pro players for any of the big video games. They get a girlfriend, or you know, they have finals, <laughs> their trimester or whatever. And they drop off girlfriend and like, and, well, you know, you never know. You never know. <laughs> Some of them might have, um, but, but they have a drop off, you know, it's their, their birthday and they go on vacation for a week and they come back to the game and they can't place in the next big tournament for the ESL league or whatever, you know, you lose it fast. If you don't have, you, you might not lose it completely, but you definitely lose that razor sharp edge if you're not using it all the time. Um, you know, I had a conversation with um, pajama pants at LVO and uh, he was, we were talking about his list and, you know, what he brought. And he was like, yeah, you know, I just kind of, I'd never played this before. I knew I wasn't going to play well. I've been busy. I've been doing all this stuff. And, you know, he's a guy who gets it. He's one of those players who totally gets it. But he also understood, yeah, I'm not at my top. So whatever. And he got it. He understood it. And so I think that to be at that level, you have to consistently try to be at that level. And it takes a lot of work. I mean, it just does. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Back to pajama pants, I just real quick. So I also got to talk to him at the Las Vegas Open. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, he brought a really kind of trolly, fun Space Marine list that was kind of meant to beat some of the quote-unquote meta gatekeeper lists. Like yeah. he wanted to show up to the LVO and take out some favorites, take them out of the top eight. Yeah, he had some great rules questions for us. Yeah, yeah so... <laughs> So let me just tell you on on what level Pajama Pants is. So he took this troll list that he barely played to the Las Vegas Open. He went five and one. He was one loss away from making the top eight. And he told me too. He was like, "Hey Pablo, don't 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 even worry about me. Don't interview me. 
like I'm gonna be a nobody this event. Like I just want to have fun. I'm probably not gonna do well. Goes five and one. Fool goes five and one. His only loss. Well, Brandon Grant. Yeah, but I mean also, you know, Alan's got a lot of good table talk, which is something yeah, that does. I know that uh, Travis and Adam have talked about on on uh, TFG Radio a lot. But he's got a lot of good table talk, and he's you know he's seeing it on a different level, and he's talking to his opponents about how he's gonna lose and like you know all this kind of stuff. There's definitely a lot of mental game going on there. But yeah, he yes. was talking the same stuff with me. Like you know, I brought this list. It's a trolley list. It's whatever. But he also understood that he probably didn't have that edge that he needed. So, I mean, yeah, he's going to go five and one just because he's who he is. You know, Je- Jeff Robinson brought, um, what did he bring? He brought um, Gene Steeler Colt. Gene Steeler Colt, right? And everybody was worried about Gene Steeler Colt. And there was, a lot of people were worried it wasn't going to perform as well as people thought it would. And it ended up not doing as well. But still, Jeff Robinson did well with it. I mean, he didn't win. Yep. He didn't make the top eight, but he did well enough with it because he, uh, he, it's who he is. He is who he is. He also lost to Matt Root. Well, yeah. Which was... Yeah, Matt yeah. Root went... Uh, he was in the top four, right? He was in the top Yeah, four. Matt Root won ITC champion, Mr. Matt Root. Which, Who, by the way, Matt, I, I'm going to apologize once again publicly. <laughs> I've done it a lot. Uh, glad you stuck with your war convocation, buddy. Next, next time, stick to what you know. Um, and that's actually another important thing, is when you're when you're checking the code, sometimes... You know, there can be series of, like, for example, the Matrix, like, maybe series of binaries, like, just a billion zeros in a row. You're like, whoa, that's different. That's that's unique. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to go check that out. But it's important to always kind of remember to see the big picture. For example, in Matt Root's case, he uh, there was meta changing all around him. You know, I a lot of people were saying that, like, you know, War Convocation couldn't, couldn't stand up to the new Death Stars. Uh, you know, Celestine wasn't at the Las Vegas Open, yeah. but... That was kind of the talk around was that war convocation had fallen out of favor. And per tournament results, it had, right? So on paper, war convocation was was worse. Uh, it didn't have the tools to win, couldn't beat Renegades, couldn't beat Death Stars. Well, Matt Root took his exact war convocation list that had been tried and true. You know, it had been winning all year. It survived Gene Sealer Colt coming mm-hmm. in. It survived Death Watch coming Well, everything survived Death Watch coming in. <laughs> Uh, it survived Magnus coming in. Wait, wait, Death Watch is a thing? I haven't seen it anywhere. <laughs> I th- I heard that some Xenos killing Space Marines showed up in the middle of October. Um, October? But I think it was October. Oh, I See, I don't even remember when the... I don't even remember when it came out. <laughs> yeah. Do we even um, have those models in our local store, Adam? I don't even, I don't even remember seeing it. They're, still, they're still on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, they're, oh, still, they're all still they're there. Just, staring yes. at the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but essentially... Matt stuck, stood to his guns. He saw he saw that the bigger picture was he was going to stick with his war convocation army, and it got him. It won him the ITC championship. Yeah, even know? even with after the GW FAQ, the final GW FAQ, where they kind of got rid of his transports, he just he just adjusted and and tried out a few things, and then went with went with what he went with um, after some play testing. But which is amazing yeah so it wasn't that that much modification i think more more most of it stayed the same but um it was good on him for be able to to adjust more or less on the fly because there wasn't that much of a difference between um the main rule book uh faq and lvo so did yeah, he it was only like what a month and a half at the most it was like i think two months the, it was like november i think it was when uh okay, the yeah. faq dropped but still considering you know he's a medical student going to school doing all that in addition to trying to keep his, his ranking in, in uh, the ITC uh, with an army that got, in some people's opinions, a huge nerf with the drop pod. 
Battle Brothers uh, ruling, um, it speaks to his ability to, to see and test out uh, the Matrix and see what would work best for his, yeah, I mean, for what, of, for his army of, and plus for his play style. Yeah. I mean, a lot of Tier 2 players would have dropped the army because they'd have been like, no, I can't do that. I can't, I can't see the shift. I can't see how I can deal with that. Whereas a Tier 1 player is going to look at it and go, right. you know what? I don't have to drop the list. This is what's working well for me. I can change it. I don't need to switch armies right away. I mean, I definitely fall way outside the tier one category because if you remember, <laughs> I was playing uh, my Silver Marines of Doom for like years, where it was yeah. Space Marines that I painted with the generic silver paint scheme so I could run them as anything I want. And I was jumping from thing to thing to thing. I mean, I was running Gladius and Wolf Tide and all these things all over the place and libraries, conclaves and whatever else because I had yeah. all the models. And that's because I was one of those players who was like, Okay, so now this thing I was doing doesn't work. So what's the next thing? I need to buy 10 models and paint them silver. <laughs> Perfect. I'll buy 10 models and paint them silver. Now they're Space Wolves, you know, whatever the case may be. So, uh, you know, it, it speaks to him as a player and his ability a lot because he's like, no, I don't have to change everything. I'm just going to stick with what I know with these simple changes, and I'm still going to compete. And then, then he went ahead and did it. Yeah, he didn't switch armies like two days before a major event. I've done that. <laughs> don't don't do it guys it never works out well I swear to god don't do it it does not work ever yeah just having a list you know just having a list in your hand and knowing like this is my list in a month and i'm sticking to it that's just comforting i literally couldn't make a list by the time broadside our kingdom con broadside bash mm -hmm. which is a large event down here in san diego um i still haven't made a 40k list so i was just like you know what you have, like, I, i'm not gonna bother <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just I decided I had an Age of Sigmar list oh, that I've been okay. working on, so I'm, I just decided to switch over to the Age of Sigmar event, and I think I'll have more fun in the long run. List fluency is definitely a thing. Like the idea that you're fluent with your list and your army, and and you know it frontwards and backwards, and you know what to ask it to do and what not to ask it to do. That's definitely a big deal in 40k. Yeah, yeah. So some people play their lists like a fiddle. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, if you guys heard anything about Sean Naden um, and his list, if, if his Adepticon list, which I, I think I talked about very briefly in another podcast, but it's worth going into now. Um, he had uh, Inari Eldar mm -hmm. uh, with Tyranid allies in. It's come the APOC allies. They allowed it. Uh, and he had uh, Mucolid Spores, which are cheap troop choices yeah. that blow themselves up and are super easy to get to get killed. And he had basically those Mucolid Spores near all of his Inari, Soul Bursting. <laughs> and he would charge a Mucolid Spore into an Assault, blow it up, and then time it so that Mucolid Spore blowing up released like three Inari things, right? And he was basically just played his list like a symphony. Oh my god, I'm eye-rolling so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it, is, it, is, uh, it is definitely heinous. I'm not um, eye-rolling him i'm ironing the fact that like adepticon was like yeah sure come the apocalypse allies whatever i mean every event now now it's it's important to, to note that this is another uh way to look into the matrix the 40k matrix right and that every every event has its own different format absolutely right and and that's that's good and bad that's good or bad you know it's it's personal preference um but in terms of the overall scheme of things it's important to know that no matter what, come the APOC, even if you think it's stupid, if you think it's it's perfectly okay and within the rules, either way, you play to that format and you play to that meta and you evolve just like Sean Naden did. Yeah. That that's how you see beyond it. So to see Brady's beyond the oh, do don't the, play in those events. Or or you can do that too. <laughs> you can you can live in the matrix. That's why you're not tier one, John. Yeah, is, I'm like plug me back in, give me my steak. <laughs> right. 
plug me back in. Yeah, I'm the dude at the end. But just plug me back in. I'll sell everybody out. I don't care. Yeah, because <laughs> just uh, a month earlier, Sean was or was almost was in the top eight at LVO. Yeah, right. Yeah. So his, his ability, yeah, yeah. His his ability to adapt to whatever the format is is one of the traits. So if you have a hard time, you know, playing to like we just played the Renegade missions at our local uh, RTT, and a few people, uh, myself included had some difficulty adjusting to those missions while you know uh michael snyder brandon grant a couple of people they they had no problems you know adjusting their list or their play style adrian, adrian had no problem there yeah yeah adrian was playing against uh i believe it was brandon in the in the final in the final yeah yeah so so it, that and that just shows in terms of myself like me like i just said i, I had a difficult time so that's how come i know and i'm able and I'm able to recognize where where my limit is and what 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 I if I wanted to go top tier what I would need to work on in terms of um, uh, me playing my army or just or playing in a tournament. Um, some people the Black Legion. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll take two. More <laughs> and again, that also comes down. Well, I guess to, you can always take a cabal. So yeah, but you know what? That also comes down to um, part of the luck of avoiding certain armies. You know. You know, it, uh, yeah. There's definitely luck in any big event. I mean, everybody's got a, a you know a rock to their scissors. Yeah, everyone has a hard count. Yeah. But um, what I was going to say was, and that's and so in in terms of, I think part of part of becoming uh, tier one or being able to see the matrix is probably being able to recognize where you're at in regards to what level of your knowledge of the matrix. Because if, if you're always questioning, like, why is that good? I don't see why that's good. Even after people tell you that it's good and you're still not seeing it, you probably have a, you probably have a ways to go. Uh, yeah, when everybody in your group's like, hey, this thing is good. And you're like, nah. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> There's another thing with the uh, top tier players. You don't see them bitching much on the internet. No. no. Like, you don't see them. They'll discuss things. They'll talk about stuff. But they're not part of groups that are like, you know, just focused around talking crap to each other. They're not, you know, sitting around just trashing their opponents or talking about how salty they are over, you know, Adepticon missions like I would be and stuff like that. They, they're the guys that are like, you know, they see what it is and they do it and they have meaningful conversations and they make a comment or two and then that's it. Like, hey, I already told you what I was going to tell you and that's that. They don't go on for like yeah. 25, 50 comments like I do sometimes with people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you like dogs. 20 comments in and i've gone down the rabbit hole and i lost myself and i no longer know what i'm talking about <laughs> that's actually a quality you see in a lot of competitive games not not just sure. in not just in magic not just in esports but like like the nfl for example uh the the patriots are like the quintessential professional team right like bill belichick nothing phases him like oh one of your players got arrested yeah you know <laughs> moving on um <laughs> uh Maybe maybe in poor taste, but uh, you know, right, considering the circumstances right now. But Hernandez was not my favorite player. He lost me a couple fantasy games. Um, <laughs> That's all that matters, man. Fantasy points. Right? But but the, the important thing is is that no matter what, if the NFL makes like a controversial ruling, or if a player is protesting, or anything, uh, other NFL players will you know they'll hop on Twitter, they'll they'll express their feelings and their emotions, maybe talk a lot of shit, uh, you know. But Bill Belichick doesn't play that game, right? Like the Patriots, right. they're they're professionals. They don't play that game to stay above it. Well, that you know, that's that's part of it, right? It, I mean, I'll be honest. If if I could videotape 
Nick Nonavati's and Sean Naden's and Brandon Grant's games, I would do it every time. I would illegally videotape them. You know, <laughs> you just need to have them on the uh, frontline gaming Twitch stream all the time. All the time, yeah. I'll be like, okay, guys, every game you play from now on has to be streamed on Twitch. Well, you know, it's funny. That's that's one of the things that like a lot of the pro poker players in the early two thousands they were way against having the uh, hole cameras where you could see their hole cards. You know, for a while there, there were actually a couple of the pros who would stack their chips in front of the camera until they were finally like, you know what, you can't play in the event if that's what you're going to do. And they're like, but then these people on TV are going to see what I'm doing. And these other guys that I play with all the time will see what I'm doing and they can read my tells and all this, all this stuff. And they had to adapt. You know, eventually ESPN was like, no, sorry, you're going to be seen and we're going to see your whole cards and all this stuff. And they had to adapt to it. But it's an interesting point. Like for some players, it might actually be a benefit to watch them play all the time. But pro yeah. video game players deal with it every day. I mean, a lot of yep. these guys supplement their income from tournaments by Twitch streaming. And people can That's watch true. them play all the time. So it's like, yeah, I would love to watch every game Shot Naden ever plays or like Brandon Grant ever plays or <laughs> you know, Pajama Pants. But then also, if you're not one of those players who sees the Matrix, that's not going to help you. Like, it's not going to help you to watch somebody play every game of 40K that they play if you're not capable of seeing what's going on underneath and like, hey, why did Sean do that? Why did Brandon take that unit in this game? Why is this like this? Like, if you're not actually seeing what's going on underneath on an on a you know an intuitive level, watching is just entertainment, which is I think what a lot of the pro poker players and a lot of the pro um, video game players came to as a conclusion. Like, you know what? For one percent of people, this is going to matter, and so what? I get to watch their games too. Yeah. Right. Right. See if. We have thousands of hours of tape on Tom Brady, but he still makes it to the Super Bowl every year. You know, I think I think you're absolutely correct. Uh, so at the end of your article, you talk about uh, an interesting thing where um, not everyone can get to the point where they can see the matrix, um, and that's okay. Uh, but some, what are some of the things that that you have to you kind of have to uh, go beyond or kind of overcome to be able to see the matrix in your own personal life um, that maybe people might not think of. You mean like uh, strategies to 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 attain? Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, I guess I'll explain a little bit more. Sure. So basically, uh, in the paragraph, you say sometimes, uh, you know, you time constraints, poor local meta, oh, right. addiction to trolling online instead of having quality <laughs> conversations. Um, hey, uh, yeah, addiction or to just... trolling people was real. Okay, <laughs> that's very real. I I agree one hundred. I actually get Meme, memes are life. <laughs> memes are life. Memes are life. And that's another um, reason why John's not tier one. Shut up, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> but. But uh, essentially, uh, there are there are uh, things you need to overcome. There there are maybe personality flaws or personality traits um, you need to overcome to kind of see the matrix of 40k. Uh, and we're not saying that you guys you guys need to be able to see the matrix or that people who can see the matrix are automatically going to try and be like Sean Naden or Michael Snyder. Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of intelligent people. Oh yeah, like Travis. Travis is a guy who comes to mind. I think Travis sees the game of 40k. Um, but you know, as the matrix, but he doesn't really, you know, I guess he doesn't have that, that competitive spirit or that, you know, cutthroat. Um, well, Travis doesn't really have the time to play. I mean, if you believe, no, it's more that Travis yeah. is a great example. If you, if you take a look at him from last year's, um, ITCs, when he went to the Barry open, he went to the one tournament, he took the Necrons and went like five and one. Yeah. And people, right. people at the tournament are literally coming up to him like, you play this game? Because like, <laughs> he's only ever a judge. 
and, yeah. and but he because he's a judge he's always seeing but he's also always playing locally he's just not playing in tournaments so when he went to the Barry Open I think it was what that was that was sixteen right it was, Adam no it was uh fifteen fifteen yeah that was the one we all went to right yeah two thousand fifteen when we all went up the stairs and everybody was huffing and puffing yeah we ran we walked up seven <laughs> flights of stairs because we went, Joy. went the wrong way making Ghostbusters uh, references the whole way up. Yes. But uh, but Travis went to that, and people were literally coming up to him. You, we, I didn't even know you played this game. I thought you were just a judge. And then he goes five and one with Necros, <laughs> you know. Or the best story I heard, and I'm not going to name the player, but the player just thought he was just some chump with Necrons and got curb stomped. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> almost. It, it was chump it with was Necrons. Close. So. Oh right, you know. that was the one game that he lost. Yes. Right, but right. it but it was a it was a much clenchy moment for them because they didn't know who he was. Right, they had no idea that he was who he was, and the, the player we're talking about is one of these tier one players we've actually mentioned already once or twice. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow, that's good. Good on Travis. Um, but time constraint that's a that's actually a big one. Yeah. Um, that I think a lot of people in 40k have problems with, uh, especially because of the the way the game is right now with the rules bloat. <laughs> um, we can't put as much time into this game as like a league of legends player yeah. streams and, and 12 at this hours point, seventh edition you're not coming from behind to become one of these people like if you're switching over major sigmar you're shipping over you're you're going to switch over from the sinking ship that is warmer hordes you're not going to be able to reach that level right now it, there's too much there's too much rules bloat there's too much stuff it's going to take you you know well over six months to get to the point that somebody else is in terms of like you know fluency with the rules and fluency with the list, but there are stuff that you there's stuff you can't control and there's stuff you can't control. Like for example, I don't need to troll people online so much on Facebook, right? <laughs> I mean, I do it in private groups, closed groups that you know, generally speaking, it's not open to everybody. <laughs> that way, everybody's not a witness to it. But uh, you know, you don't have to do that. You know, you don't have to. Uh, you can change your schedule. You know, you don't have to sleep. You could just play 40k. You yeah, know, there's, there's things you can do, but there are certain things that you can't overcome. You know, personality flaws are a big one. There are some people yeah. who, who, you know, th th there's various types. Some are just terrible to play against. And because they're terrible to play against, their games are never going to be great. There are people who just cannot, cannot resist cheating. True. They can't do it. You know, they, they can't resist moving that one model. They can't resist calling a judge over because they think a die is cocked that's practically lying flat. You know, they, they, they can't resist pushing that envelope and because they can't resist that thing and because they want to rely on this other part of the game, they're never going to make that leap. You know, that's a personality flaw that that's like, I don't, I don't know if you can even overcome that type of personality flaw. You know, um, there's other personality flaws. You know, you might just be too goofy. You may just want to be having too much of a good time. Right. You know, not everybody can be like uh, pajama pants and singing the Goldfish's song out loud to like half the, the hall while he's playing a game at the top <laughs> and table. And stomping his opponent. And stomping yeah. his opponent at the same time while he's singing the fucking Goldfish's song, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it, <laughs> there are certain people who can overcome things and certain people who can't. There's certain things you can and cannot overcome. Time constraints you can overcome. Um, spending too much time uh, on Facebook you can overcome. A local meta that's bad, I guess you could move. But well, or drive but farther. It, it yeah, it depends if, if you're willing to drive farther, um, because we have we have a uh, one local player who's he just plays competitive. He doesn't play for for narrative or anything like that. He drives uh, a few a few he drives a few distance away to to come play our our meta because ours is a more is a more competitive meta. As opposed, are you talking about 
Go ahead, sorry. No, as opposed to his local area where that where he said he beat an Eldar play he beat a Tau player when he was playing with his orcs one time. <laughs> so that 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 said anything that needed to be said about that that local meta. Well, and the the local meta can be a multiple things. Like it could be poor because the players suck, but it could also be poor because there's not enough people. Well, it could also be poor because there that's not how that meta wants to play. That's true. If they're not playing ITC, if they're not playing Adepticon missions, if they're playing straight book missions and rolling Maelstrom stuff, I mean, using the cards, that meta is only so useful to you. Well, even then, well, even then, that 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 meta may may consciously not want to play a competitive uh, uh, setting. That's they true. play more casual, and so you have someone that wants to play competitive show up, and he's curb stomping everybody with orcs. Yeah, and then he and realizes. I mean, locally, we want to punch every Yanari player in the face, but we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I just got punched in the face just this past Tuesday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. No. Was yeah. it Jeff? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, I knew right away. And uh, Jeff, oh. and he's also the player that he he his main army is orcs, but because they're so bad, he should, he decided he want if he's going to play competitive, he wants to win. So mm-hmm. if he wants to win, he plays Eldar and now Yanari. Yeah, you know, but but he was playing in a meta that that they don't. Their culture is not like that. No, their culture is more the where where he was where he lives. The the culture is more uh, casual. Yeah, so he, he hangs drives, out he drives, for a lot for yeah. Four, so he he drives four, all he drives all our way from uh, from quite a little while little little ways away to to get that competitive uh, those competitive games in. Yeah, and another thing you guys can do if you're if you're trying to you know up your game and your local meta is poor for competitive 40k being more competitive uh you can listen to podcasts like tfg radio mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh chapter tactics if you want to listen to more of my episodes um you can also there's a plethora of of sources online that you can use um for example you could go on a facebook competitive 40k group or there's actually other competitive 40k groups as well mm-hmm. there's other places online forums um where you can kind of get an idea uh you might have to you might have to uh sift through the bad comments and some of the bad posts well there's also Um, another thing to that like when uh, and this is one of my axes to grind i guess this is where (laughs) a little bit of my saltiness might come out but if you're going on a page and asking for advice if you're not open to the advice you're not going to be one of these people that sees the matrix you're not ever going to reach tier one like you have to be open to the advice if you're going to post on a like a competitive 40k page or something like that and be like hey this list, I want to yeah. know how to make it better. Okay. But then when people tell you, well, X unit is bad, replace it with Y, these are the reasons why. And you go, yeah, I don't want to do that. Well, then why <laughs> did you ask the question in the first place? Like you have to be open to the conversation. And I'm not saying you have to be open to changing everything and doing everything somebody says. But if you're not even open to the responses that are going to be given to you, then don't even post the question in the first place. Like you see that all the time. And I know, Pablo, you're, you're on the competitive 40K page more than I am. You see it all the time. It, it drives me nuts. Like the people yeah. who post things are like, yeah, no, I don't want to do any of that. Okay, then we don't know where to help you any further. You know? So yeah, it, it, I, it's, that goes back to the mindset thing that we were talking about a little bit. Like yeah. you have to have the right mindset to get really good at these things. Like, it is, yeah, sure. Your favorite character in Overwatch might be Hanzo, but if he sucks in the meta, don't play him. You know, and you have to be open to that. But if you're going to be the guy that every time he queues up for a game and people are like, hey, do you mind trying somebody else? Like we could really use a Soldier 76. And you're like, no, I only play Hanzo. Well, OK, then. <laughs> All right. Fuck us, I guess. 
Um, I think Jeff in our in our group in our meta is a perfect example. Is that he wants to play competitive, and yeah. that's all he wants to play because um, he thought because he's because he's thinking of other armies, and the only other army he's thinking of playing is Tau because that's really the only other competitive in in his mind and his right. play style. Um, yeah, he's not a marine player. He wouldn't do well no. with a good video. He said so. he would never play marine. So <laughs> yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't work. I mean, I can see that. I played him enough times that I can see that that's just not going to work. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, and go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, I, I was just going to say, it, it going beyond that, uh, you also have to want to improve yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it's not just about taking advice and being willing and able to take people's advice. It's also about willing to, you know, make a conscious decision to improve yourself. Like, okay, I suck, right? I suck at 40k, or I'm not at the level I want to be right. at, right? So you you take these steps. You listen to this podcast. These podcasts. Um, you want you to watch Frontline Gaming Battle Reports. Um, shameless plug there. That's okay. Or TFG Radio uh, Battle Reports. Or TFG hey. Radio Battle. I was just <laughs> about to say that. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you know, you take all these steps to improve yourself. Uh, you have to be willing to actually improve yourself. Uh, I know a lot of people who who come to me all, a lot. You know, they email me at my email Frontline Gaming PDPab at gmail dot com. That's PDPab spelled P E T E Y P A B. Uh, they email me and I give them advice. You know, I, I send them on their merry way um, with more 40k competitive knowledge, and then they come back with like the same question, but phased differently or about a different army, right? They'd be like, well, "How do I make my orcs better?" I'm like, okay, well, you, you need don't to stop them. investing so many yeah, points don't play into orcs. <laughs> <laughs> you need to stop investing so many points into Gazgol and Mega Knobs, right? Like maybe you should spread out. You, you know, you Gazgol. Like, These people playing fifth edition. What is <laughs> Gazgol? <laughs> right. <laughs> But, but then they come back to me, and they're like, okay, I took your advice, I'm playing Space Marines now, like, what do you think of my list? And I'm like, well, you need to, you need to cut out the Emperor's Champion, and Custodes, and right, right, like, like, they're, they, 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 they get it, like, you know, they, they're moving, they're not moving vertically, they're moving laterally. Yeah, because they're, 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 they're next army's Dark Eldar. <laughs> Right, and, and then and then they take Mandarin. Well, those people fall into the category you're talking about earlier. The people who want to win, but they want to do it their way. Yes. Like they want to do, and, but but it's not even their way. They want to do it in a unique way. Like they're the guys who are like, I'm going to win a GT, and I'm going to do it playing Dark Elder. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, now that the Yanari book is out. Well, now yes, because <laughs> that is broken as hell. <laughs> so well, we can't I mean, even, can't even make that comment like, anymore. Right. <laughs> Back to the back to the uh, improvement thing. You want to improve yourself, right? Absolutely. It's a lot and, about mindset. Um, it is. It's all. It's all about mindset. Um, and it's it's hard. And and if you don't want to improve yourself, or if you don't have the time, uh, I think the end of your article, John, I think kind of alludes to the fact that it's okay. You know, it's not the end of the world if you if you don't have the time to improve yourself, or if you don't want to. That's perfectly okay. Um, but remember our chapter tactics my mission statement and our mission statement is that the if to improve the game of 40k and to make the game more fun for everyone uh you have to have more competitive games um that be by that meaning not everyone has to run riptide wings and eldar and face stomp each other that that's not what i mean by competitive games what i mean is is people have the tactical acumen people see at least enough of the binary code in the matrix to have a fun competitive game where it comes down to the last turn or the last dice roll um and it's really close and both players feel rewarded for having put in this amount of effort into this game yeah i mean it's a whole uh, bunch then, of stuff 
we didn't even go into like in terms of like uh, how you play the game and the way you you play the game in terms of uh, what you see for the next turn and what you see for yeah. this turn and what you allow in terms of givebacks or you know if you're playing truly competitive you're not allowing the givebacks hey I forgot my psychic phase mm, sorry too bad hey can I move that unit mm, no can I run this unit now while I'm moving it no like there's certain things that like if you're playing in a truly competitive environment that players simply are or are not doing in terms of the rules or the way the game goes. And if you're playing in one of these environments where everybody's just like, yeah, do whatever. I mean, whatever, who cares? <laughs> yeah. The game can last four and a half hours. Sure. Like if there's certain things that you, if you're practicing it with fidelity in terms of competitiveness, then it'll help you a lot. Um, but you don't have to do that either. And, and like I said, like you, you made the point at the end of the article, I was like, the point is to have fun. So whether you're going to get to the level or not, where you're, you know, neo or you're not it's the the point is to have fun and even somebody i know it sounds weird coming from a guy whose nickname is salty john but your idea is to have fun with the game it's still a game and getting to that point should be fun and if you're finding it's not then maybe that's not for you and maybe you should just you know try your best to win but not try to go that extra mile to be you know a pro there's a whole another article i wrote about how uh 40k becoming a pro thing is really a difficult concept um, for a lot of different reasons. And one of those big reasons is the idea that the rules aren't strictly enforced by a computer. So there is the possibility that like you can be in an environment where people are like, oh yeah, you forgot to cast that psychic power. Sure, go ahead and cast invisibility now. Right. Now that you're shooting at my unit or now that I'm shooting at your unit, yeah, sure, go ahead. Let's see if you would have gotten invisibility off. Oh, you would have. Cool, now I can't hit them. You know, like it, that's a totally different environment. And yeah, it's I a think, totally different thing. It's not controlled. I think part of the the... Or one of the steps, if you want to go to that next level, is willing to more or less be that jerk that won't let you have tape backs or won't let you move after you've already gone to the next uh, next phase of the game. And it's something that GW uh, fostered when they when they ran the RTTs, when they ran the GTs of that whole uh, sportsmanship. You know, hey, it's just a game, spirit of the game. That issue, which, to, which in my theory, I blame soccer, but that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> no, there's, there's a reason. Trust me. But that's a whole nother. I've heard this theory. Nother. It's a good theory. We should do a whole nother podcast about it. It's hilarious, <laughs> um, and it actually makes sense and works. <laughs> and so, um, and so, because that that whole concept of spirit of the game and and sportsmanship is was fostered and still is by Games Workshop, you 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 get into that mindset where you don't want to be the jerk that won't let them do a take back or won't let them do it, make a run move after you've already moved on to the next phase. But a lot of the top tier players won't allow it because you're on to the next part of the phase. You got to follow the rules. And like John said, because there's no strict enforcement of those rules, everything's kind of, you know, a nice gray instead of black and white. Um, I mean, even as a judge, and I think Adam can sense this too, even as a judge, if you're standing at a table, like, and you see something that goes wrong, we're not referees, we're judges. So like if a player says, hey, can I take that back? Or hey, do you mind if I go ahead and roll this power now? As a judge, I can't even step in and be like, no. Because if the player <laughs> decides, yeah, well, sure, or you, sh- ahead, you shouldn't. Yeah, you shouldn't. I mean, I can, I guess I could, but I wouldn't and I shouldn't. Because as a judge, I'm not there to interfere. I'm not a right. referee. You know, and so if a player decides, yeah, sure, roll invisibility, oh, Great, so now I can't hit your units. Oh, uh, yeah, you shouldn't be able to do that. And I'm standing there. I'm like, well, you agreed to it. I'm sorry. 
Because as a judge, I'm not like, well, I don't jump in. Yeah. And so because there's no strict enforcement of those things, it, like Adam is saying, you, you have to get to the point where you're willing to be that guy. But some people aren't willing to be that guy. Yeah, yep. even uh, even with even with the with the with the with the current tournament uh, culture, not culture, but the current tournament tournament setting where uh, sportsmanship is not really a thing. It's not. It's not at least in ITC and most tournaments. It's not a really a large factor in the game. I know some tournaments still make it that way, but even then, you still don't want to be a jerk. And that just exacerbates that because you don't want to be a jerk because it, what will end up happening is they'll tank your score. You may win, they'll tank your sports score, and then you end up losing the RT or tournament, even though you go undefeated or you go five and one and you should have won, but someone was nicer in, in his in his win than you were. And that's why somehow you lost because of that. <laughs> that's all back to the, the old days of fourth edition. Remember when, I, when you uh, basically yes. the gentleman's agreement was everybody gave everybody top scores for paint, everybody gave top scores for sportsmanship, and nobody tanked anybody because then the playing level was even, and then the best general would win. And then right. you always got these guys who were like, "No, nah, fuck that! I'm gonna give a three, and I'm gonna give a one, and you I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna score it how it should be scored." Right, and then that one guy destroys several people's chances over the course of that day or the weekend, and that's that. Well, hey, don't be a jerk. How about that? <laughs> yeah, and what, and what, Adam? Just to clarify something real quick, what Adam said about sportsmanship—he's he, not talking about sportsmanship being at, inactive or absent from. No, no, it's it's. Um, he's talking yeah. about the sportsmanship score. Right, the score gets factored into like the yeah, overall. Yeah, that's not a thing anymore. Like, a, really. like in ITC, or at least in in uh, BAO, LVO, and now the San Diego SoCal GT, um, which is in October, I believe. Um, it's not factored into the score, but it's still factored. It, it's still something that can affect you, but you'd have to be very a very. Uh, yes, mostly a tool disruptive. for the judges and your organizers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're we're not tournament players. We're not jerks to each other. We're still very sportsmanlike. Right. I, I I've been to a lot of tournaments. I've been to a lot of events, just like I'm sure Adam and John have. Um. And then guys, about what percentage of people are actually like really bad whack, you know, tournament players that just the, you know, the ones that are like actual problems. I could name them by name. Right. Because like on there's one so hand. few of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's one hand, but I could name them all by name, and and I know going into a tournament when I see their names on the roster and I'm the judge go, okay, those are the games I have to watch. Yeah. And that's, that's about less than 1% of probably the total. Yeah. I would, it's way less than 1%, especially an event like LVO and yeah. an event like LVO, you've got all of them there. Like let's <laughs> yeah. spitball it and say there's 15. <laughs> you've got all 15 of them there and you know, all 15 of them are there and you see their names and that's that, but there's still less than 1%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so yeah. So what uh, I, what I mean in, in terms of there's no sportsmanship is there's the sportsmanship score is not factored into your overall standings. There's a sportsmanship requirement, but there, it's not fact. But it doesn't it doesn't affect your standings in terms of uh, uh, you see uh, in terms of LVO BAO uh, those events. Uh, in terms of winning, events. it doesn't affect it in terms of winning. Right. Yeah. If it gets bad, up, but, booted, and then you can't win. Period. Because you got thrown out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now, going back to the point you guys made, uh, rewinding, uh, I actually disagree with you guys. Um, I think that being a more rules procedural guy is something that you you can, you, some of the top players do act like. For example, uh, Brett Perkins and Brandon Grant, they are two 
rules procedural guys. And, and here's the beautiful thing about them is they don't forget anything. Right. Uh, Frankie, Frankie from Frontline Gaming, he's the same way, um, but he's a lot more friendly. Frankie will will remind me of all of my reserve roles, all of his reserve roles. He will not forget a movement. He will not forget to shoot a model. But if I forget, he, he will let me. He'll be like, okay, go right ahead. I'm, I'm going to beat you anyways. Pajama Pants and Matt Root, same exact way. Uh, they, they are a lot more lenient in the way that they play because they they live in a different side of the binary code in the matrix. You know, they, they play by the philosophy of uh, I will I will do everything in my power to win. I, I know the code. I see the code and I'm not going to compromise my my opponent's ability to make mistakes and dilute my win, my victory in any way or form. Um, you know, I'm going to beat my opponent. I'm going to give the the benefit of the doubt. Um, so a lot of times I see at the top tables, I see people like pajama pants. They're like, okay, you can skip a phase. Like I, I knew you, it was very obvious you were going to turbo boost that unit of jet bikes to get line breaker. Like that's, so if at the end of the game, you're like, oh no, my jet bikes didn't get me line breaker. I lost pajama pants. People like pajama pants or Matt Root might be like, well, you know what? You beat me fair and square. We both knew you were going to do it, you know, but there's only like, 10 seconds left in the round so you know like do you, do you understand what i'm saying though uh, yeah i understand i think but in terms of because i played i've played brandon uh i think like twice now and uh michael snyder's both have that same attitude um yeah i i i don't know i, I think it depends on the personality also because both, at least Brandon, at least Matt Root, uh, PJ Pants, Brandon Grant, and especially Michael Snyder are all, uh, to me personally, from what I, my experience, are fun to play against. Um, oh yeah. There's other players that are a bit more intense that that will not allow that. Of um, that, both that I've seen, and I'm sure John has seen as a judge. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and that I've played against that that they won't allow it. And so, and for me personally, <laughs> it, I probably won't ask for it right. there's also that too if, if i'm playing that way i probably wouldn't ask for it um now if it's i've already lost the case it, if of, I, I mean i'm not going to name names but some of the guys you listed as guys who are going to allow you to do whatever because they knew are also people who i've been called over by because somebody wants to do something they're like no i mean it's 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 hit or miss i think a lot of the time and that's another one of those cases where this isn't a computer that's controlling the game and so you run into situations, and a lot of it has to do with personalities. Like, there's been games yeah. where people just don't get along, and even these super nice guys that you're talking about who allow stuff, if they're in a game and it's and it is a miserable time, they're <laughs> it's human nature. They're going to climb up and be like, mm, you know what? No, you, yes. sorry, you can't turbo boost that thing. Yeah, I knew you were going to do it, and maybe I might do that with the guy at the table next to me, but I'm not going to do that with you. <laughs> and that also has to come to light with the player interaction. Like player interaction is a big deal. If you're yeah. if you're making your opponent miserable, there are opportunities for them to make you miserable too. And as humans, sometimes we're going to do that. And uh, you know, a lot of what you're saying, Pablo. Yeah, absolutely. There are guys who are just going to be like, yeah, sure, you know, go along with it and do whatever. But there are times where even those players will get pushed by some people and just be like, nope, sorry, I'm not going to do it. You're right. Maybe it's because I'm such a, a nice player and everyone loves me. <laughs> I don't know if it's that, but you definitely have to see it through the lens of a judge. Like Adam and I see it through the lens of judges who get called over for stuff. Yeah. You know? Yes. And so we see these players a lot more outside of an interaction personally in a game we're playing with them. Whereas yeah, you is. see it as an interaction between you and the other player. Yeah, it could right. just be and, perspective. I mean, yes, I yeah, and, and you're absolutely correct. Um, you're absolutely correct. A lot of those players 
they, they you know they, they have rivalries um you know they have players that they're a lot more uh personable with uh like i know for example nick nonavati and sean naden yes their games their, their games outside of playing each other are, are real strict and real professional but when they play each other it's like it's kind of like a throwdown like two buddies in their garage you know hang right. out because they play each other so yeah. much yeah. um and that that is also part of it too and uh i think john i think that's actually important and it goes well with your article in that putting the computer aspect in 40k and what we mean by that is basically uh, like for a video game like a competitive video game like let's say call of duty right you press that left trigger to throw a grenade and you blow yourself up that's it the, the computer's not going to be like nope you know oh i, <laughs> I didn't see it hey, are you I'll, sure I'll you want to press left back. click or did you mean right click like, right, right. I'm gonna. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt and give you your grenade back and get your life back. Right. The computer is not gonna do that. No. The the computer is impartial. Uh, it is rule is looking at all this data and analyzing all this data. And when something happens, a command happens, it happens, and that's it. And that's that's why uh, a lot of the ways reasons why um being a, a procedural guy or being a professional 40k player is very difficult uh, because there is no it's an imperfect system. Mm-hmm. And that it's not completely 100% predictable like a video game where, you know, you press the right trigger, it shoots. Right. You know what it does? It's not even a controllable environment because even if you had judges who, instead of being judges, were referees, like at the top tables, or you instituted cameras at every table and you had instant playback, it's still not possible because even as a judge, I fully admit there are times I might get something wrong. Yes. Because I can't have a complete knowledge of everything. It's just it's simply not possible. I don't have a, an eidetic memory. I don't have a photographic memory. You know, and I'm an intelligent person, but I'm no more or less intelligent than, you know, pretty much all the other 40K players out there. <laughs> but I can't actually memorize every single thing. We're just really so even if I were a referee, it's still not good. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of a game where that's that's really big, like bigger than than 40K um that has an incomplete flawed system that a lot of people look at i'm thinking like ufc um you know ufc is a lot more fluid and i don't know i mean a lot of people look at card games like magic Magic Uh, is a great standard because like literally it's really difficult to like break a rule yeah, it's really difficult rigid. to be like, hey, can I take that back? I didn't really want to tap that mana. Like, you, you can't really do stuff like that. It's not in the mechanics. Whereas with 40K, it's in the mechanics to be like, oh, I forgot to cast Invisibility. Oh, you know what? I forgot to cast Rerolls to my saves. Can I do that real quick? Even though it's your <laughs> shooting phase? You know, like, it, that, there's, not that, there's not that ability to go back in most of these other types of games that we're discussing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes and no. Um, I think the to the degree in 40k, yeah, you can go, you can be a lot more lenient. You can take back a lot of stuff. Um, with Magic, it's it's really a lot smaller. It's kind of more like if you drop a card or if you if you tap your mana before you cast something, or um, there's some leniency in there right. to to kind of go over for human error. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, there's not like in, ma- in Magic. There's no like, hey, can I go back to the middle of my last turn? Like, can I go back to my upkeep phase or you know like. <laughs> That kind of stuff is uh, and, just not in the mechanics. And on top of that, if you listen to my last podcast with Josh Keel, we talked about this. Um, Magic has procedurals in tournaments for things like that when they do happen. Right. Um, for example, like if you draw an extra card by accident, um, whereas in 40K, if you were to do something like forget a rule that automatically that's supposed to happen, no matter like a reserve while coming in, or if you roll two dice at once, but you only needed to roll one die, right. 
um, a lot of the time that's policed by the players. Yeah. Players kind of look at each other and go like, well, you know, this is what's supposed to happen. But what if you roll like a run move where you need a five, right? But you roll two dice by accident because you think you have a rule that lets you roll two dice and you roll a five and a one, <laughs> you know, ugh. but obviously one player is going to go, well, you rolled the five. Um, and, or I, you know, I meant to roll this die or, or whatever, right? Obviously the player that wants to roll the one is going to say, well, I meant to roll. I, the one was the one I want. And then the other players go like, well, I wanted you to have the five. Uh, and then how do you resolve that? Do you roll a, do you roll a D six and on a one through three, the one is the result. Yeah. Do you roll a new die? Or do you just re-roll like it, or do you just re-roll? I mean, like a classic example is the person who forgets their reserves or forgets in air quotes, their reserves. <laughs> You know, and then you're like, okay, well, we're way past your movement phase. We're now into the assault phase for you, and you forgot or forgot to bring in your, you know, three units of jet bikes. Right. What do you do? What do we do? And th- and right. as a judge, that's really difficult. I mean, I think that might be one of the most difficult judge calls most of us make. I mean, maybe, right. I don't know if you agree, Adam, but for me personally, that's one of the most difficult ones to make is, hey, I forgot or I forgot my reserves. Yeah. What do I do right. now that it's almost the, the end of my turn? Yeah, it's, and that's it's a usually, sticky situation. It's usually involving people forgetting something that's very critical to the game. And then you are forgetting in air quotes. That's a real thing. That's a real yeah. thing too. Um, you know, and then, and then what do you, what do you do about it? I, I, there've been some suggestions in regard to these reserve uh, things, but in terms of other things, like, well, one year when one guy uh, was playing the, uh, the lucky stick, um, against the knight army, and he had already killed like two of the two out of the three knights. <laughs> oh no! Before 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 that, you know, he had oh remembered the rule right or looked it up, you know. Yeah, and, or the guy who forgot that he couldn't actually aim his charybdis at a knight. Yeah, well, right. yeah, those two instances actually happened to the same guy. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, a, a stickier situation might be um, if they forget a unit of jet bikes. And the game ends on turn four, and they remember in the in, at the assault phase, the jet bikes come on. It might be like, oh, okay, well, fine. The jet bikes come on, no big deal. They can't turbo boost. They can't shoot. Well, what if they move on twelve inches and go right onto an objective with their objective secured stupidness right. and win yeah. the game? Yeah. Like, oh, this objective that I needed to secure was only nine inches away. Boom, right. I moved it on. Well, what do you do in that situation? Uh, do you let the player, the opponent, shoot at the jet bikes? What if? they needed to shoot another unit to win the game. It's just, it, it becomes really, really sticky, really, really fast. Yeah. And 40K has no procedurals no, or no rules have nothing in it at all. That, no. so, so it's with these judges. And I, I also, I understand guys, I, I judge events too. Things like that. That's why I make, that's why I, I judges should get all your admiration. <laughs> like ju- judges, 40K judges have some of the hardest jobs, period. You know, they have to deal with this, lack of procedurals and you know use the most logical approaches to things while at the same time having to deal with real human beings real people whose personalities might affect both the judge and the way they think um like for example salty john might have just gotten into an argument with adam on facebook lo and behold (laughs) the next day adam needs a ruling at an event well john's never really john doesn't have a a you know Police siren, John. They're they're out to get you, buddy. I think you ran out of time. Yeah, it's. Uh... Okay, guys, we're back. Sorry about that. John just got busted for China Forge models. Um, <laughs> he he bribed the guards, uh, probably with 
with some 30k iron warriors or something i don't know completely um, unrelated but if you want to see something funny <laughs> go on youtube and go to twitch streamers that get busted like live and they have a whole feed of these twitch streamers who have like the fbi and the atf and stuff like break down their doors live. <laughs> oh, no. oh my god it's the greatest things ever yeah go go look that up on youtube it's hilarious yeah <laughs> um but but uh as we were saying as i was saying um it being a judge is hard and you have uh for example if, if adam were to say something to, to john on facebook and john would get really salty about it had to make a ruling the next day at a tournament um you know there's no procedural rules for john to follow um as he's making this ruling for adam so john might just be like you know what adam i'm sorry you can't put that jet bike on that objective you or or the jet bike's gone you don't you don't get it even though it's supposed to happen it's dead you just lost your kill point mission by one yeah and sorry I'll, and i'll know that you it's know? because uh he's spiting me after what i said on facebook that's how he is <laughs> Yeah, exactly. just made a meme out of the latest picture that I put up my selfie. <laughs> but but if there was a procedural for it, where uh, if X happens, this means this, this means this, therefore jet bikes, you know, do this, right? right. John could just be like, no, Adam, it, it's not a grudge. I still hate you, but <laughs> this rule set permits me from being biased against you. So, yeah, I've, you're welcome. I've, I've always maintained, I mean, it's the 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 main issue is, is just the the rule system is not built for a tournament. It's it's hard. Yeah, it, it isn't built with tournaments and no, designed no, no. in mind. Yeah, like like War Machine was War Machine. Was, that's why it has a much tighter rule set. War Machine what? Term, that doesn't exist anymore. That's in terms true. of loopholes, I'm just naming old things. <laughs> so that when it came when it came out, it was it was already set for tournament play because that's what they were focused on. Right. Yes. I mean, that was their point. And the other thing with judges is, you know, people have to realize not only do we, you know, see you when you're like, you know, trying to win your game and you're Speaking. at, we also can, we can sometimes see you when you're worst, <laughs> you <Yes>. know, <laughs> the very end of the game and you're trying to death to like rules lawyer your way into something or, or you're just salty <laughs> as hell at the end of the game because your opponent's going to win. There's nothing you can do about it. We just, we sometimes, we see you at your worst. Just putting yep. it out there, we we don't actually hold that against you. <laughs> yeah, I there is. What do we? Uh, I've been called a colorful name after a uh, a round. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. And then the yeah. then the apology then the apology ten minutes later, how they're not normally like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and so, <laughs> anyways, guys, um, that's pretty much all the time we have. Uh, just remember that if you want to you know, see the matrix of 40 K and see that code and get better. Uh, go to TFG radio. Uh, John, tell us a little bit what you can see at T or, and Adam, John, Adam, <laughs> you guys. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. It's mostly Adam's baby. Yeah. I mostly just do their videos and write the odd off uh, article and show up on their it, podcast. Yeah, to so, shit every time. so we, so we have, so we have the podcast, which is myself, Travis and the producer um, where, which brings, which really brings like three different views to the game, uh, mainly 40K. We talk about other stuff, but um, because Travis is more or less the judge, uh, producers more or less like a new player, and then I'm kind of like the veteran slash tournament player. Um, we also have the the TFG, and that's TFG Radio. Just look it up on, on iTunes. We have the, our blog on TFGRadio.com, and that's mainly um, sometimes myself, but mainly John and our other contributor, Danny, um, just the different articles, like you just mentioned about seeing the matrix. Danny puts out a, a weekly uh, know your formation article. So if you're curious about 
different types of formations other than Riptide Wing, <clears throat> then uh, you can give that a look. And then John uh, does our video battle reports for us that he tries to do uh, fairly regularly. Um, he's always there with the cameras, taking uh, taking video videotaping <laughs> his battle reports and his highs and lows. Yeah, I do them as often as I can, given work and all the other things that go on in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's, and that's more or less it in a nutshell. Yeah, and if you guys want to read more of those articles and more, you can go over to FrontlineGaming.org, where John and Danny, uh, and sometimes Adam, Adam, yeah. I don't think you... It's, I think it's, it's been a little been a while. while. But, um, yeah. He's not as prolific as Danny or I. Danny writes every Tyranid article ever for Frontline Gaming, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think I've written most of the Chaos ones for the, since Trader Legions yeah. came out. Uh, but you can find more articles from John and Danny and Adam if you look hard enough uh, <laughs> on FrontlineGaming.org, our blog post. Uh, you can also find our or my podcast on there, Chapter Tactics. If you go to any of the blog posts for Chapter Tactics, not only will you get the links, for example, I will link to the Matrix article that we referred to this whole time, um, links, tournament news that I talk about on Chapter Tactics. You can also find the list of all my episodes on there. Uh, so if you want to know more about how to deal with Alpha Strikes or how to beat Death Stars uh, or maybe even how to use Gilliman properly, uh, you can go to any of my episodes, go on there, comment, enjoy them. Hopefully you hopefully you enjoy them a lot uh, and you, you know, like it and leave a comment. And you can also email me, frontlinegamingpdpab at gmail.com. Uh, people have been asking me how, how to spell it all the whole time so it's actually pd pab uh it, it's like pd pablo the rapper uh reese made it up for me um and it just kind of stuck so pd is spelled p-e-t-e-y pab is the first part of my full name pablo p-a-b um so it's frontline gaming pd pab at gmail.com uh if you want to message me i i give you guys tactics advice i give you guys list advice uh competitive advice or if you guys have a tournament like your to you want to promote your event go ahead and hit me up at that same email i love hearing from you guys i love talking to the community and i love helping you guys grow uh to make games more 40k or more competitive and more fun and that's pretty much it all right adam and john thanks for coming on guys you guys are the men you're welcome (laughs) all right guys have a good one you too you too